You know, your earnings calls as a company typically go better if it takes place in the morning versus late afternoon. It has to do with people's moods and their alertness and just understanding that I think is really important. And same for running, right? No, you know, some people love running in the afternoon or the evening because they have more energy. Some people like myself, like going first thing in the morning uh, because they know if they don't do it first thing in the morning, they won't get to it the rest of the day. Hello and welcome to Run the Business, the weekly podcast that explores the place where running and leadership come together. We'll find out how running can help us with leading, managing people, and generally being better in business. We'll also try and answer that question, do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay, and today I'm joined by the president and CEO of HDMZ, a company that provides healthcare and science brands with an integrated approach to solving complex communication challenges. Since he joined the leadership team there at HDMZ, they've seen massive growth. He brings infectious energy, deep expertise, and a broad perspective to every client relationship. He lives in Chicago with his wife and two children. Dylan Alley, welcome to Run the Business. Thanks, Ant. It's a pleasure to be here. Dylan, how are you today? Doing very well, thanks. Uh, actually snuck in a run this morning, so I'm still buzzing off of uh, off of that high and uh, excited to attack the day. And tell us a little bit about your route in Chicago that you go running on. Yeah, for those listeners who have maybe been to Chicago for a conference, and you might be familiar with the McCormick Center. So I live in that general neighborhood just south of the Loop and have great access to the Chicago Lakefront path. So running around various museums, parks, course, you get a beautiful view of the skyline and you're running right along uh, Lake Michigan. So a wonderful stretch to get some miles in. Oh, it sounds like a great morning run. Uh, tell us, first of all, a little bit about what HDMZ do and you as the leader of that company, what, what's your role in there as well? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we're really humbled and I'm excited to be a part of such a great team. And so you know, we're a scientific and marketing communications firm serving uh, various brands and companies in the life sciences, biotech, biopharma, uh, as well as some applied sciences. And really our purpose or our why is to help advance scientific progress, discovery and development through meaningful connections and compelling communications. You know, what we say at the time, at the end of the day, you know, we're not the ones curing cancer, but we're helping those companies and brands that are attempting to do such grand feats get the attention they deserve for doing so. And I've got to ask, you know, the last few years with COVID and all the, the challenges that the world has faced, how how did you navigate that as a business? Yeah, that was another great question. I think every business faced their own set of unique challenges and at the same time had some, some shared challenges. Um, what we were fortunate is that a lot of our clients um, are striving to improve human health through that science and they're making detection and monitoring and treatment of various diseases and ailments more precise, personalized, and affordable. And you know what COVID did really was raise the world's scientific literacy and awareness about what these, these companies are doing. Um, and to that end, it actually, in some areas, generated additional business. Um, many of our, our customers and, and clients were um, a part of developing vaccines, uh, designing and facilitating the clinical trials, um, getting diagnostic tests out there and doing so at a volume and at a pace that was unseen in human history. So um, while a lot of things changed, particularly how we work with each other and how we handle business travel and how we handle communications, um, it really did put a spotlight on what our clients do. Mm -hmm. 
So let's talk about where running fits into your life then around this work that you're describing. I mean, firstly, when when did you consider yourself a runner? Where did it start for you? Yeah, well, growing up, I think like a lot of your guests, I played competitive sports, although not quite as accomplished as, as some of the previous guests uh, at those sports. And it's funny because as a kid, running was more like punishment. <laughs> You know, if the team messed up or if uh, someone was late for practice or ran the wrong play, it was get on the line, we're going to run. And so it, I didn't generate a lot of enjoyment out of it, of just pure running, unless I was, you know, participating in that particular sport activity. Um, really, for me, it was around graduate school, you know, managing a full-time job, going to graduate school at night, having a new family at home. My wife also works as a physician. Um, running became a really essential part of physical and mental health, just being able to escape. So I'd say the last uh, 15 years, I would consider myself a runner. It's funny that thing you mentioned there about running being seen as a an, as a punishment in some sport. I was with my, my son training, football training earlier on today. And whenever anybody did anything wrong in training, they had to run to the other side of the pitch and back again. It's, uh, it, it must kind of, as, as, as kids, as, as people growing up, affect how certain people perceive running in those kind of scenarios. It absolutely does. And it it also shaped the way I even began running when I started running for fun, right? And the mindset was um, do anything you can to take your mind off the fact that you're doing something that's hard <laughs> and painful. Yeah. And if you start to feel an ailment or you're, you're getting tired, it's because your will isn't strong enough. You just have to will yourself to do it better or get through it. It was kind of this almost like a military mindset of mind over matter, again, to overcome something that was unpleasant. And I think it became more healthy for me and a lot more fun when I've kind of shifted that and, and treating it more as a treat um, and looking for the benefits than something you just power through. And, and you talked about the point in your life where running became something you, 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 know, you took up. Describe a little bit more about where you were at. What, what was the benefit that you were getting from running at that point? What, what, what was it giving you? Yeah, it, it might have been just my ego, to be quite honest, but it was also timed at that point. It was probably the 2007, 2008 phase when um, Nike came out with its running app. And at the time, it was that plastic dongle that would attach to your shoelace and then talk to your phone and um, not as high tech as all the different devices today. But yeah. I loved the gamification of it. I loved being able to see my route at the end of the run um, in the same way that you go through photos on social media, you know, to remember things. I liked that aspect. I also liked the data and the feedback that I got from that app. And, and it became then a goal-oriented challenge. Like, okay, well, I ran 30 miles this month. Let's try 40 miles. Let's try 50 miles. Let's try doing 20 runs instead of 10 runs, you know, those types of things. Now, I think the gamification of it timed with the fact that I knew I had to uh, find some sort of physical and mental healthy break um, really got me into it. And was there a point in that experience where you started to see the benefits of the running in other parts of your life and specifically in, in your work and your business? Did you start to see those benefits straight away or was it something that crept up on you? It's a, a similar tale that I think you've heard and will hear. And that's just, it's when you're by yourself, particularly, and I did start off running by myself a lot, you're alone with your thoughts. You've got nothing to do but to think for half an hour, 45 minutes, and you're not bothered by emails and questions and phone calls. And I think, too, the physical exertion takes your mind to a different spot. 
I think there's some studies uh, out there that have suggested it makes you more creative or unlocks some real creative part of your brain. And that can be used to solve small challenges or small thoughts and also, you know, big existential ones. So um, yes, almost immediately. Plus just the mood, right? Yeah, yeah I, I'm in a better mood. I have more energy when I go for a run. Did people around you notice that as well? Or was it something that you kind of had as a, as a secret? One hundred percent. My wife would be the first to tell you. I mean, she would often encourage me, why don't you go for a run? Because <laughs> she knew it was a healthier way of dealing with stress uh, than some other things. And what about work, thinking of, of your, your style and your leader, leadership style? How did that change uh, or how did it evolve when you, when you got more into running? Well, it, it was a joke in the office for a long time uh, that I was so chipper and upbeat um, you know, at 8.30 in the morning back when we were all in the office people would roll in and they would be at different levels of alertness and ready to start the day. And I'd been up for three hours already and had gone for a run. So I was cracking and ready to go and a bunch of ideas. I was running uh, in the red and they would just be like, okay, did you go for a run? Like, calm down, please. How many cups of coffee did you have? Like <laughs> we can only start so fast. And, uh, and that, that was, so that was really funny that, Another funny story, the chairman, former chairman of our company is still an avid runner. He's in his 80s. And uh, when he was running the company, people knew when he came back from a run because he had all these ideas, he was firing at people left and right. So the, the joke was when he came back to the office after a midday run, people would hide <laughs> because they knew they were going to be tasked with some sort of uh, some sort of activity or idea. And did it change your thinking around the people that you work with and, and the leadership team that's around you in terms of their uh health and fitness? I mean, was it something that you started to kind of push on the people around you? I mean, how, how did it kind of manifest itself in, in the people that you work with? Most creative agencies, um, we have a very diverse uh, set of team members, uh, both in terms of, you know, age, interests, backgrounds, et cetera. But on, on a whole, it's a pretty healthy group. And I think it's because of the brands that we serve are all dedicated to trying to improve human health in some form or fashion. And so it's really a part you know, of our core values and, and our DNA of who we are. Um, I do think what it taught me, however, even with that little story earlier about kind of being too amped up to start the day was to empathize with others and to understand when are we at our best to do certain tasks? When are we at our best to make certain decisions, to have certain types of conversations? And I think I didn't try to change them as much as I tried to adjust my style to understand that they're going to be at a different spot in their day and I need to adjust accordingly in order to you know, make the most of those moments. You've talked about uh, trust and authenticity being really important values uh, for you and, and for the company. Uh, I, just sort of speaking of, um, of sort of business now, how do you in this age that we're in at the moment where it, it's tough to generate that, isn't it? It's tough to, to create that. Uh, what's your approach to generating that trust with with both clients and consumers or, or consumers of clients? That's a really good question. It's really, really hard in the Zoom age. And um, all of the water cooler talk, you know, all of the personal stories that you'd have to start a meeting, uh, a lot of that has been replaced. And, and we don't have that kind of in-between time to build those personal connections that I think was the foundation for a lot of that trust. We treat our clients in the same way we treat each other. And it's the only way that I've ever done it or have known to do it. And it, it's, it's about trust and love. And it sounds super easy to say, and sometimes it's hard to actually 
uh, implement. But trust is, do you say, or I'm sorry, do you do what you're going to say, right? Do you, do you follow through on, on what you promised? Do you do great work? Are you committed to helping somebody in their situation? Um, are you there for them, right? Can they count on you? Uh, and, you know, even if it's not technically in your job description, right? We're all on the same team doing the same thing. That's the first part of trust. And then love is, do they feel important, right? Do you uh, know their kids' names? Do you know what they like to do for hobbies? Um, so as a company, we've actually, especially since COVID, have tried different activities to build those bonds with each other. Um, we have a fairly distributed workforce. You know, uh, 45, 50% of our team now aren't in Chicago. They're distributed all over the country and the world. Um, and so we've tried different ways to, to kind of build that trust and love, uh, even though we're not together every day. And as a leader, how, uh, you know, of a, of a hugely successful business like HDMZ is, how, uh, how do you do that day to day? You know, what, what, give me a sort of an example of, of how you'd do that, you know, in the office or, or remotely. We developed 10 core values last year, and I know that's a lot, and it's kind of a lot to remember, but we try to make them short and memorable, and um, they didn't come from the top down, right? They were developed with uh, with a set of leadership teams that uh, recommended those. They basically said, this is a reflection of who we are, and we've gone out of our way to try to reinforce those. Uh, we have town halls twice weekly. Everybody in the agency, regardless of time zone, is on that Zoom, and part of the agenda for that meeting is for us to identify those moments when we saw uh, our teammates uh, living those core values, right? And so th that is a way to remind people and reinforce that we're doing all of these things every day. Um, so even though you might not see it because we're not all in the same building anymore like we used to be, it's still happening, right? And so I think that's important to, to kind of remind folks of, of those items. You know, this podcast is obviously about the benefits that, that running brings to, to leadership and to, to management. Have you ever considered, uh, prior to, to me asking these questions, have you considered those direct parallels between the way you approach running and the way you approach your work? You mentioned earlier uh, the data being something important to you, for example. I mean, is, is there something where you've gone, actually, I can see how me doing that when I run is going to you know, help if I have a similar approach to business and vice versa? Yeah, 100%. I think, first off, we talked about a little bit earlier, but just knowing the moments of the day when you're at your best right? And scheduling those, those moments accordingly. You know, there was some, some data and some studies uh, that suggested that, you know, you're more likely to get paroled from prison if that meeting is in the morning. <laughs> you know, your earnings calls as a company typically go better if it takes place in the morning versus late afternoon. It has to do with people's moods and their alertness. And just understanding that I think is really important. And same for running, right? No, you know, some people love running in the afternoon or the evening because they have more energy. Some people like myself, like going first thing in the morning, uh, because they know if they don't do it first thing in the morning, they won't get to it the rest of the day. So that's the first thing. One, you got to have a plan too, and just prepare to adjust the plan. So whether you're training for a race or you're uh, attempting to get better, you know, don't just do something, do something with purpose. I think that's the other important thing. And then the third thing that I realized was what's important now. So if, if you're, if you're injured, if your business is injured, if, if you have a personal injury uh, while you're running, how do you get back, right? So what's important now? Focus only on the things that are essential for that moment and take small but meaningful steps to correcting it, right? So that uh, you can get back to where you want to be. Fantastic points. 
Let's talk a little bit more about your running now. When you, when you go running, are you mainly a solo runner or have you seen benefits of, of running together with uh, either colleagues or, or friends or part of running groups? Yeah, up until recently, I ran almost exclusively by myself. Um, it was a kind of a selfish thing to do, but I liked being by myself. I liked uh, being alone with my thoughts and I liked listening to my own music and, uh, and doing my own thing. And then this past spring, uh, a group of uh, parents from our school and neighborhood invited me to join the running group because they'd seen me running and they say, hey, we leave at this time at this location, you should join. And I did it. And it's been wonderful, uh, wonderful, positive peer pressure. It's been a good variety to the routine. And uh, I've really come to, to love, love that group. And what sort of crowd is it? I mean, you, you mentioned, um, you know, different people in it. I mean, is it. Is it a really diverse group? Because I, I hear a lot of people talking about running clubs and, and running with the, the community as being something that is a fantastic way just to sort of meet different people and expose yourself to different perspectives on life. It absolutely is. Um, so we've got uh, professionals, right? engineers, um, we've got entrepreneurs, we have nurses, we have physicians, we have educators, we have lawyers, um, and they're, they're coming from all different uh, backgrounds and walks of life and also different degrees and approaches to running. So we've got what I would consider to be elite runners uh, based on, on my opinion, uh, folks who are doing marathons regularly, triathlons, you know, very serious athletes. And we have people who just love to run for fun. And then we've got folks who like to um, you know, do extreme runs in different countries, right? So what binds us all together is just we're all happy to be out <laughs> and we all enjoy each other's company. And it's, it's you know, good, good, clean fun. And you mentioned that that spirit uh, that comes through that that running community. What's the sort of the the culture like in in your business? You mentioned the core values as and and how that uh, is is threaded through the business. I mean, uh, how do you ensure that that kind of that, that culture is there at HDMZ as well? A lot of the cues that I've taken uh, in my life and I continue to take in terms of leadership come from coaches, you know, of different sports or teams. In addition to you know, business leaders. And I think a theme that you hear consistently in the best organizations of the best teams is that you appreciate everyone's role, right? Everyone's role is important, even though all of the roles are different. And I think once you acknowledge that and that we're all pulling together to do the same thing, right? A shared purpose on a particular assignment or even something more higher level, um, it just creates uh, an atmosphere that's really healthy. I think the other unique aspect about our business is the, the fact that the companies we serve are you know, doing a lot of high science. And so you have to have an appreciation for the role that science plays in helping us live healthier lives and, and really believe that, that that can be a game changer for us. And in terms of, and I'm asking this question and, and I'm just throwing it in, I don't, I don't really understand or know a lot about this space. In terms of the, the, your field and the expert field that you're in, how is running itself as a as a as an industry as a business is is that something that's on your radar of how um i'm thinking like you know gels and and um you know recovery drinks and things like that that, that it's it's become such a huge part for you know of, of the running industry is that anything that that you're sort of you know the the companies that you work with touch or have, have you got a, a perspective on that yeah, no, that that would be a lot of fun uh, to get into. Uh, our clients are more likely the ones who are testing those products to make sure that they're safe uh, and healthy, as opposed to the ones actually creating them for for use. And so, our clients are typically in a highly regulated environment, and um, 
are kind of adjacent to what I would consider to be like the health and nutrition and supplement space. So yeah, it's close, but but not quite in the same field. Okay, makes makes sense. Uh, tell me uh, about a run from your you know the last ten fifteen years that sticks in your mind as as special and and try and paint a picture for us about what that run was and and why it was special. Yeah, I think the ones that stick out the most are the ones that are out of the ordinary, you know, literally. So when you're traveling and you're overseas in a different country in a different part of of the country. Um, those are really memorable. The first time I ever went to Paris, it was in 2015. We were running, it was a Sunday near the Champs-Élysées and it was the last day of the Tour de France. And I'll be darned if a Peloton of an entire team just didn't whoosh right by me. And I couldn't believe it. And I stopped, <laughs> I pulled my phone, I took pictures and they were on their morning warm up ride. And it just felt extremely surreal to be in that moment. It almost you know, did, didn't feel like it was actually happening. That was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Another one that really stuck out actually was running in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and our host for the meeting, who would be a great guest on this podcast, uh, is a very avid runner. He's done marathons all over the world. He's a Belfast native. And so as he took me on this four or five mile tour around the city, he was telling me what it was like to grow up in the country uh, during the Troubles. And it brought such a unique and different perspective. You know, it was a story that I'd only previously appreciated through literature and and media coverage and to hear it firsthand uh, was quite beautiful to be honest wow amazing it sounds like you've got the chicago uh, police force passing yours that the, the, is that a fire engine yeah, no worries we're okay yes we're, we're on a major thoroughfare down the middle of downtown so apologies for the siren but i can i can assure you i'm fine <laughs> it, it just adds to the uh, to, to the to the moment that's fine uh, do you ever make um, decisions when you go out running do you ever sort of head out on a run thinking i, I need to get the answer to that uh, and challenge yourself to come up with uh, a response or an answer or maybe an idea on a run or is it is it not that obvious no it is and uh, i'm really jealous of some of the previous guests you've had that have had these epiphanies, you know, these major life decisions, like I'm going to start this business, I'm going to switch careers. And I, I haven't really had any of those moments on a particular run, but I do make decisions every day on a run. And they're typically more at a micro level. It's how are we going to present this uh, creative concept to the client? You know, how are we going to position this particular recommendation in the meeting? How are we going to, you know, potentially address a personnel decision uh, that we need to make? What about a policy decision or update, you know, to our own employee handbook? There's all sorts of these micro decisions you make every day that I think get overlooked because the cumulative effect of those have a definitive impact on the direction of the company. And running for me gives me the space to really think through those from multiple perspectives to feel comfortable then when you make the final call. Mm -hmm. Do do you run with um, music uh, or do you prefer the natural sounds? Yes, I, I do run with music. I, you know, kind of grew up on 60s blues inspired rock music, Britpop for sure. So um, a lot of Oasis, uh, a lot of Motown, more contemporary things like Tame Paul and the Strokes, anything that's got a really nice beat to it that could keep me going uh, is what I like to listen to. And if there were a piece of music, you know, you're doing a, a marathon or a big race and you could have any piece of music playing at the start of that particular race, or in the lead up to the start to get you going. What what do you want to hear? What you know? What guitar riff or some some drum solo do you want playing? 
Yeah, honestly, I think uh, Iggy Pop's Lust for Life would be the way to go there yeah. because uh, that that opening bit and just having that mental image of Ewan McGregor sprinting, I think, would be a good <laughs> way to motivate me to get off to a good start. Oh, that's a, that's a great thing to picture. Um, running aside, can you name a business tool, uh, an app, a person, something you couldn't do without? Yeah, that's a good question. I, mobile texting for me, I know it's not really technically an app uh, or that sexy, but uh, it just keeps me connected with friends, family, colleagues, clients. It just makes it really easy. For business purposes, Slack has become really instrumental in our company. I mean, I discovered there's, there's an entire ecosystem within our firm on Slack and various channels and threads. And that's another way, again, we talked about trust earlier and love and getting to know and appreciate uh, the teammates that you work with, uh, Slack has been a wonderful way to to get closer to that that community. We use Slack as well, and we have sort of animals of Real Two Media or uh, parents in Real Two Media. It's great to see this, this as, you, as you say, the sort of different little groups um, where people can huddle together and and share stories or share pictures. It's uh, I, I I do like Slack as well. It's a great tool. When I think like you know, fifty percent of the messages shared on Slack aren't even you know, complete sentences. They're animated GIFs and memes and pictures. And it just, it's fa- its a fascinating experiment to see the various ways we can communicate with each other. And business aside, what's your favorite bit of running kit, an accessory that you, you couldn't do without? Yeah, I've really grown to appreciate getting into the correct shoe. <laughs> and I know that sounds really basic, but you know, I don't think I appreciate it until recently that my feet are constantly changing, right? As our bodies change as we age and the manufacturers of the shoes change the construction and material and design of those without telling you necessarily. So even if you're buying the same model year to year, there could be subtle differences that can make huge impacts to your comfort, to your performance, et cetera. And so I've appreciated finding these running stores that fit you pro- appropriately with the different telemetry and, and, and isometrics and all this type of stuff, the data uh, to put you in the right shoe. That, that's, that's been good for me. And can you name a shoe or do you, do you alternate between different brands, different shoes? Yeah, I bounce generally between uh, New Balance and Nike. And I try to find ones that are very structured because my, my feet need a certain kind of support. And so the, the more structured, the better. And forgive me if this is a strange question, but does being in the industry that, that you're in, does it make you more aware of your, your health and your well-being and, and the, the physical benefits of, of running? It absolutely does. Um, again, we've got a pretty healthy team here. Even a lot of our team building activities are designed around with a health focus. So, you know, we, we will regularly do step challenges. We'll, we'll do different activities designed to get people moving. Sometimes it's a danger to know too much <laughs> because you can <laughs> kind of overthink everything in life and you can't really stop and enjoy uh, because you're aware of all the potential things that could go wrong. Yeah. But I think certainly uh, seeing the ailments that our clients are attempting to treat has put an, an intense focus on you know doing what we can to, to maximize the uh, quality and, and enjoyment of, of life. Mm-hmm. And final question, Dylan, what advice would you give to anybody in business or a leadership role considering getting more active and taking up running? Being honest with yourself and not being too hard on yourself. I think that especially competitive people, driven people, ambitious people are their toughest, their own toughest critic, right? And this happened to me with running where if 
I was off pace, I would consider it a bad run. I would, I would almost wish I hadn't gone on the run to begin with. When in reality, I should now, I'm thankful that I'm even out there and I'm, I'm thankful for every moment. And I think business can be like that too, because not every outcome you have in business is going to be a positive one, right? You, you can only control what you can control. And even if you think you've done everything right, you could still catch a bad break, like a global pandemic, which obviously was terrible for some businesses. So you've got to treat those experiences as another learning point, something upon which you'll be able to draw later in life. You'll be prepared for a moment because you had that previous experience and just to appreciate that it happened. So I would say, be honest with yourself, uh, go easy on yourself and, and practice a lot of gratitude. Great, a great way to finish, Dylan. Thank you so much for, for sharing the story of uh, HDMZ and your running experiences. It's been fascinating. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Had a lot of fun. Thank you to Dylan Alley for being this week's guest on Run the Business. It was good to hear him talk about the benefits he's taken from running in groups. It was also interesting to hear him talk about when things don't go exactly as you want them to, both in running and in business. The importance of taking things one day at a time and focusing on what you need to do that day rather than stress out about the big picture, the end game or the scoreboard. You can't control all the variables. Uh, Dylan talked about appreciating the experiences that happened, uh, even if they weren't great ones, and learning from them in the future. The time of day thing came up again, didn't it? We've talked about this before. Knowing when you perform at your best, this is uh, something for running and in business as well. Uh, you know, what time of day do you deal with certain kinds of tasks? Um, schedule the activities appropriately. If you know you've got that energy between 10 and 11 in the morning, put the stuff that requires it in there. Uh, scheduling, really, really important. Uh, and I love the work on values and culture that Dylan is doing at HDMC as well. He mentioned it throughout the conversation, but they've been acknowledged with great place to work status, which is fantastic. And on that note, to finish this week, a quote from uh, Richard Branson, clients do not come first, employees come first. If you take care of your employees, they will take care of the clients. I'm Anthony Gay, and until next time, keep running and keep chasing your goals.